Welcome to the Vineyard Altoona podcast. If you have any questions or just want more information, you can visit our website at vineyardaltuna.org or any of our social media platforms at Vineyard Altoona. And now, here's Derek with the message. The passage that I'm going to talk about next week is this passage you hear quoted all the time. Judge not lest you be judged. Have you heard that passage? This, uh, this idea of don't judge. Is who, who am I to judge? <clears throat> and there's something sort of related to that. That I, I, as I was preparing, I was like, man, this thing is, is on me f- to talk about. And maybe this is the way that God wants to talk about it. But there's a value in our culture. I don't know if you've caught this. There's a value in our culture to be offended. Have you noticed that? Like, it's a value in our culture, in American culture, to be offended. Like, if you're not offended, like, if you haven't blasted somebody on Facebook, what are you waiting for? Right? Do you guys have that? Like, you know, if you haven't posted this picture on social media, you clearly don't care about this group of people. Right? Have you seen that? Like, we have to be offended. If you're, if you're an American, an American, you got to be offended, easily offendable. And yet, there's this passage... In Scripture, and I'm going to show you, it's not really like by itself. It's not really by itself. Proverbs 19.11 says, A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. How many of you have been offended in the last week? Honestly. No shame. No shame. How many of you have suffered some offense against you in the last week? Maybe you haven't like been like, well, I'm going to blast them on social media. So have, we, have we had that? Like, People are going to wrong you, right? You've been wronged. If you're married, you've been wronged in probably the last day, right? Like, <laughs> I, I caught close, didn't I? Man, it's, it's your kids. Just, just can't, they just keep telling me. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But but we've all experienced this, right? And, and Jesus says, in this life, you will have trouble, right? I don't think he's like, you know, it'll be icy and it'll be hard to get to church, although that's probably some of it, right? But in this life, we will have disagreement. We will have difficulty. We will have people who do things, do life a different way than we do, right? And yet, we who follow Jesus are supposed to do life a little bit differently, right? I want to read this to you. You guys have probably heard this. Matthew 18. Man, I might need glasses. I mean the giant print Bible. Verse 15. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Just they have to focus. How many of you do that? You do that? If your brother or sister sins... Go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. Wait, wait. No, it says, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault to everybody else but them. I think is what it says. Oh, no, it doesn't say that. Hold on. Like, if we stop right there, what's that? Eight, chapter 18, verse 15. Yeah. No, I read it right. I, I, I know. 
I'm, hey, praise be to God. What our culture would want that passage to say is if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault to everyone else but them. Right? How many of us have had this experience where somebody has wronged you deeply and when you feel that wrong, the first thing you do is go, can you believe what he did to me? And then you process it with everybody else. I'll be the first to put my hand up. Anybody else? We go to somebody else, and, we, and what we do is we say, well, I just need them to pray for me, right? This is the Christian way to do it. Just, we're just going to pray for each other. But Jesus says, if someone wrongs you, you go first to just them, right? You go first to just them. It goes on from there. It'll take 30 seconds for my eyes to, to catch up. It says, if they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along. If they will not listen, put it on Facebook. That's not what it says. I, make, I told you. So that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or tax collector. And Peter doesn't like this. Verse 21, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times... Shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? That's a lot, right? You who are married, seven times a day, right? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Or if you look at the Greek of that, it could say 70 times seven. 490. So 77 or 490 times you forgive. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted, and he goes on and tells this parable about how forgiveness is supposed to work. How many of you found yourself, maybe even today, find yourself in a place where you know forgiveness is a thing you need to extend and you're just not ready? Is that a lot of us? Like if we were to sit quietly before the Lord and let the Lord speak to us right now, how many of us would the Lord say, there's something that you have against this person? There's something that's wrong with our relationships. You have been offended, right? Offense happens. In this world, you will have trouble. And yet, rather than solving the problem, you're choosing to live offended. I'm going to live life as an offended person. And as we talk about having a change of heart and being a different kind of people in 2022, one of the things that we could do is live as people who are not offended. Now, what I'm not saying is just disregard the hurt that you've experienced. Because I, I don't know if you guys have seen this, right? You've seen this like, oh, I forgive you. It's all good. Do you know that guy's a jerk? 
We go talk about it, right? And I'm still offended even though I've said I'm forgiven. We were talking about this earlier. Every one of us, when we experience some sort of hurt, every one of us experience some sort of trauma, there's two problems, right? There's two things that happen. The first thing is, well, we're offended. We were wronged. There's a wrong that has to be dealt with, right? And if we just go, well, I'm just going to forgive you for the wrong, there's something else outstanding, isn't there? There's sort of this wound that got created inside of us, right? At some level, right? Like deeper things are deeper wounds. You know, uh, you, you know, you took my parking spot. That doesn't, you know, that's not like a, I'm going to process this in therapy for years. But, you know, that's like a, I'm a little bit upset. I'm a little unhappy with that. But some of us experience things deep down as children. We were neglected. We were abused either by siblings or neighbors or parents or, right? And I think if we all sat here for a second, we could think of things like, whoa, yeah, I remember how that felt. We can get close to it, can't we? Can't you just like find that emotion comes right back real fast? And there's this thing where it's like, well, I choose to forgive my dad. I choose to forgive my sister. I choose to forgive the neighbor who treated me wrong. And yet there's still a thing, right? So I've done my 490 times of forgiving. And yet I still have a wound to deal with. There's two things that you have to deal with. It's the offense and it's the wound, right? And no matter how many times you say to somebody, I forgive you, the wound doesn't go away. The wound is something Jesus has to heal. The wound is something Jesus has to touch and make right. So how many of you like the idea of like going back to somebody who offended you and tell them that that happened? Geiner's the only one of us that likes that. What keeps us from that? Well, they probably are going to yell at me or they're going to argue or they're going to disagree with what I think. And I just can't process fast enough to be in the argument, right? So I'm just not going to go to them and talk to them. It's anxiety, isn't it? Don't we all sort of like deal with this like, I would go to, I know the right thing to do is go talk to them. That's what Jesus says. But man, you know, I have all this anxiety that builds up whenever, okay, I don't know if I can do that. And I'm going to freak out. And so I don't do it. Those of you who have been here long enough recognize that this is where I shameless plug faith walking or emotionally focused. We lack this emotional health, generally speaking, as a culture to have conversations where anxiety gets high, don't we? Because you get in the conversation and you say, but you said this. And they go, I didn't say that. And what happens? The level comes up, doesn't it? Well, yes, you did. I was there. Let me go find this other person who saw it and heard it, right? And now we've got three people in an argument. And the level just keeps getting up and higher and higher. And do we ever accomplish anything like that? Does it ever solve the problem? No. But if we can go into a situation, and the thing I keep saying is manage our own anxiety and have a conversation, Jesus says that that's how healing happens, right? Jesus says that's how things get made right. 
But I would bet there's a lot of us who live in this place where offense has become a value and fear of having a conversation that might be hard gets trumped by offense. Am I right? And if I'm right, the only reason I'm right is because that's how I feel. Right? We all have this. We all deal with this. We live life offended, and we never go back and heal the trauma. But can I just say that maybe Jesus is the most brilliant man in the world, in all of history? Because for those of you who have ever braved the conversation and gone back and said, this is how I felt when you did that. Have you ever had the experience of having the relationship restored and now it's better than it was before? I mean, I know just in all the people who normally sit in these places, I know plenty of stories, and even some of you, I know stories of your lives where you chose to do that and you have relationships with people because you chose to do that. What if we were the kind of people who understood that we were loved by God, that no matter what this other person believes about us, it doesn't change how God feels about us, so we can go have a conversation with somebody who has offended us, and it doesn't matter what they say. Well, you always say that. What I'm saying is, that hurt me this time. But that's what you, all I'm saying. Can you imagine what it would look like if we were the kind of people who could create reconciliation instead of distance? What it would look like if we were a people who didn't live our lives offended? That it was easier for us, maybe not easier, but we actually did engage in this thing that Paul calls the ministry of reconciliation. Can you imagine what that might look like? Thank you again for choosing the Vineyard Altoona podcast. We're so excited to see how God will release his kingdom in and through you today for the glory of Jesus Christ. With this, be blessed, and we'll see you next time.